0: Hi, my name's uh, Nicole. I'm a sugar addict bulimic and a grateful member of OA. I have long-term abstinence. Um, I came into OA in 1998. And um, in this meeting, we voted that if we've already spoken once that the next time we speak, we can just kind of talk about whatever topic we wanna talk about and it's been six months since I spoke and I think that it's very appropriate to talk about this idea of new year's resolution for those of us who have been in the rooms I can tell you that starting next month all of a sudden you'll see people you haven't seen before Mm -hmm. um and it's pretty every you know it's it's the same thing when um the holidays hit all of a sudden our rooms sort of balloon um I just spent Coincidentally, a lot of time uh, talking to different people around how OA is not a diet club. And that even for myself, it took years for me in the rooms, abstinent working a program to completely detox from this, this enculturation of not just dieting but this concept of goal weight as some sort of ideal body type. And this idea, and so um, I was—I spent yesterday talking to a friend about how they've changed the definition of abstinence. And, and that there was some aspect of that that was really valuable. So for example, in the beginning, it was to refrain from compulsive overeating. Okay, and bulimics and anorexics were considered an outside issue. So that really (laughs) isolated bulimics and anorexics so that they felt that they didn't even belong in the rooms because they weren't allowed to talk about their type of disease, right? In some meetings, a lot, you know, but that was what they were experiencing. So then it got changed to compulsive food behaviors. Awesome. Now, it's um, compulsive food behaviors while striving towards or maintaining a healthy body weight. Now, what we talked about is how that idea of a healthy body weight can get distorted because of the media. That this confusion around, oh, out there in magazines because it sells products a healthy body weight is your yoga instructor who also models (laughs) part-time you know and that's not actually true we also talked about um metrics for health right so you go in and because both uh, my friend and i we both are like we we won't let them weigh us because it just She won't let them weigh us because numbers make her react. I won't let them weigh me because I'm making a political statement. Like, you know, my weight is not an issue here. Um, If you think that I'm unhealthy, show me some other metrics. Don't tell me, like, I need to lose weight. Unless, like, there's a metric that you're able to point that leads directly to my weight. So that's kind of you know, my my stance on it. So oftentimes we, before OA or even maybe in OA, we have this idea of like New Year's resolution. So we're going to be surrounded by people who like, this is when the diet starts. I have a, a little story where, um, around this whole New Year's resolution. So I, I worked, I work in healthcare organization. I worked at a different one. And, you know, there was dental on one side, and then there was, you know, the, everyone else on the other. And I noticed that a group of women had decided to do their New Year's resolution together. And this group of women, they, and it was all women, um, you notice that they slowly started to lose weight. And you're like, oh, you know, you don't even think anything about it. And by the end of the year, they had probably all dropped a ton of weight. And what I noticed, because I'm in recovery, in OA, is that the next year, they gained it all back. So I have been on a kick lately, because it keeps coming up. It's like in my face. Diets do not work. I can promise you that restricting does not work. If you are holding your food plan as a way of sort of restricting your calories It's not going to work, you know, and that softer, kinder, gentler, and I'm not speaking for OA, okay, so let me make that disclaimer. I'm speaking based on my experience and my experience of sponsoring others is that I would rather have you maintain your weight as it is and work on body acceptance and detox from dieting and the diet culture. And then we can slowly, you know, and while that happened, we can slowly look at like, okay, where is your compulsive eating behavior? So the point being is that when I sponsor, I'm not like, what's your goal weight? You know, that's not my question when I sponsor. I'm like, where are you feeling shame? What are the behaviors that you're doing that... Step one is the principle of honesty. What is true? What are the behaviors that you're doing that you don't want to tell anyone? What are the behaviors that you're doing that, you know, brought you here in the first place? And then we'll start with that. Now, I absolutely believe on having a food plan, but I'm also all about softer, kinder, gentler. That slow and steady wins the race. Now, here's why for me. I, um, my story, I did lose weight, but I have to tell you, and people who know me are so sick of my story. You know what? Put some headphones on. I will not be offended at all. I won't because, you know, I've been around for a while. So it's whatever. I came in and I lost 10 pounds every two years two years and I lost it when I stopped caring about it Mm -hmm. when I cared about it I didn't lose a fucking ounce when I was trying when I finally gave up and was like okay God you know what if I stay at this size for the rest of my life that's fine I used to be 200 pounds in a 1x you know what I mean fine if you and I'm throwing numbers out I'm 5'7". It's like, okay, fine, if I am just a size 16 for the I used to beg God to just make me a size 16, and then I get there and I want to be smaller, you know. And so what the reason for me losing weight slowly was because I had a lot of trauma, you know, and being smaller in the world was a big deal for me. So when people focused on weight loss, it fucked me up. It's just like, because at the time, I didn't know that losing weight was associated with being smaller in the world. I didn't know what a charge it was for me. So I was just dealing with this judgment in the rooms about how quickly I was losing weight. And this is, you know, in California, and just the focus on the weight loss really messed me up. So where do I want to go with this? Um, So because of that, and because of my story, it forced me to comprehend, not just comprehend to value the slow and steady lose the right wins the race. This is another dumb analogy, but um, but it's just popped in my head, my best friend and I one time were going on a hike. And this is, again, where I started to learn the slow and steady wins the race. So we go on a hike. We're very, very different personalities. We get to this steep incline. We've been talking the whole way. We get to this steep incline. And I'm like, all right. I put my head down. I'm like, We're like, see you at the top, right? Mm-hmm. I put my head down. And this was my personality, too. I put my head down. I'm like, let's fucking do this thing. And I get to the top, and I get to the top before her, right? She, of course, is just plodding. When I get to the top, I am so out of breath, right? And I am up there, and I am like, (sighs) that by the time I got my breath back, she was at the top of the hill. This is, I know it's a small thing, but this thing, like, at the moment was like, yeah, I got here first, But I actually couldn't keep going because I was so winded from all of the effort it took me to race up this hill and, quote, unquote, win. You know, it's a metaphor. I didn't think that at the time. It was just really interesting to me that the timing of getting myself back to a place where I could keep walking, by the time I did that, she had got. And so, again, it was like, oh, you don't have to barrel through things. Is that the 10 minutes? So so let me pause here because I'm halfway through, and we're talking about setting a New Year's resolution. So there are a couple of traps. Definitely is the, um, okay, for this year, I'm going to really clean up my food. That's a trap. You know what I mean? And it's not bad. It's just an indication that, the diet culture is still in the mix, you know, like, again, like this, you know, food focus. Um, I, uh, I was thinking that uh, someone on one of the threads said, what's a great intention that you want to set for the year? Mm-hmm. You know, like a, a theme, you know, and someone picked joy, someone picked nurture that is, is absolutely wonderful. But even if it was like, oh, I'm going to really work my program really hard. Again, the reason why, I, I'm, I'm not gonna stop you from doing that. I don't think it's wrong. My caution is, is that that, again, is the idea that this is something you're gonna do in the beginning of the year that eventually you you feel like you're not going to be able to sustain. And that's kind of where, again, even in the rooms, we come in and um, we bring with us everything we've learned out there. And it can impact the way that we work our program. Now, it impacted mine. I had a lot of judgments towards myself and towards other people, and it took me years to detox from that. So I'm not doing this as a way to say, like, hey, if you're doing this, you're doing it wrong. I'm doing it as a way of saying, here's my experience that even over time, I have this, you know, decades, I have this new realization of how much that was part of how I worked my program. And each year feeling like, oh, I... I release more and more and more of that kind of thinking and even how I hold my program even now I want to kind of jump to this even to for me letting go of how I judge my fellows oh this person's been in the room for years and they look the same size well let me tell you something I would rather have them here where they feel love and acceptance or should be feeling love and acceptance than out there feeling alone and isolated. And that's not something that I came from. That is not the OA that I had in California. It was all metrics. The people who were successful were the ones who had lost the weight. And so the grace of coming here and also coinciding with developing more time is recognizing judgment. And recognizing, like, how my judgment is fueled by the outside diet culture. Do I want to gain all my weight back? Of course I fucking don't. You know what I mean? But here's what I've learned. I have, over the course of time, without losing abstinence, my weight has gone up and gone down, depending on all these other variables. (laughs) I had to go through feeling like people were going to, shun me or question me because I was claiming abstinence. I'm like, no, I have not binged. I have not purged and I have not sugar during this whole time. And I'm not going to let you take that away from me. You know, this is like a huge, incredible success for me. So my own, and no one did. That's the thing. Like this was all internal. No one was like you out, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry, you know, but it, again, just this internal, um experience that i was having so the you know the last year i you know through covid not leaving my house for two years i had gained some weight you know now i get to go out and whatever i had dropped the weight what i and here's the for me the success of when i got on the scale and saw that i was back to my pre-covid weight because I had gone up and down in the program quite a bit, I just was like, oh, okay, this is where we're at now. I knew that it didn't mean I may be here forever. You know what I mean? And my success in that is I didn't have this feeling that I used to get, which is when I saw a number that I liked, it was like, okay, we're here. We're here. What have we been doing? Let's stay here. Thank you. I heard that. Instead, I was able in this moment of grace, because who knows if I would have it today. But the day that I got on the scale, I was in this most incredibly spiritual fit, apparently condition. So that when I saw the number, I saw it as just a number, and I actually shared on my group text that it felt like that I had really turned the number over, and that every time I get on a scale, it It felt like, and the analogy I used was like, if every day God picked out my socks for me. You know what I mean? Meaning like, I have no, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, if God picked out my socks every day and was like, here's the socks you're wearing today, I would be like, okay, I don't care. You know what I mean? And also, God's got some good taste about what I like. You know what I mean? And so that number, it felt like that. Like, oh, this is the number today. I have no, you know, it's going to change. Who knows? And I don't care. I have developed a life beyond my wildest fucking dreams. And it is not about the number on the scale. I promise you, it is so not about that. It is honestly, and I know you guys think I'm bullshitting, but I'm not. It is every fucking face in this room. Like, I always have a place to go. You know we have had a couple of experiences with fellows that have happened in our community and we are moved and touched by them and we reach out to them and we care I did not have that before I came here my uh, you know I come from a broken home and it's full of addiction and they don't do that for each other you know and I come here and people know me and they care about what's going on for me and they've. Love my son, and you know what I mean? (laughs) So um, that's the life. So again, in terms of New Year's resolution, this is going to get so corny, but you guys just have to deal with me. If you want a New Year's resolution, here's the New Year's resolution. Stop attending OA meetings. Join the fellowship of OA recovery. Mm -hmm. Become a part of our fellowship. And that's all I got to say, thanks.